Welcome to From Sin to Zen. We realize this podcast may not be for everyone. However, we believe there are no accidents, and we were meant to connect today. Let's consider a serious question. If the restrictions caused by the laws of religious dogma would have been able to bring the whole world together, why are so many leaving organized religion in search of a new spirituality? From Sin to Zen offers you an opportunity to contemplate what is true, which you will decide for yourself during our journey to spiritual self-empowerment. If you are in the process of re-examining old beliefs that no longer serve you and realize there has to be a more excellent way, then this podcast is for you. We invite you to join us as we take another look at some of the most important tenets of fundamental Judeo-Christian dogma that may be holding you back from fully expressing all you were created to be. This will take us from fear-based dogmas to a love-based experience, or from sin to zen. From Sin to Zen is sponsored by Soma Energetics Vibrational Tools and Training. Raise your vibration at www.somaenergetics.com. And Heartlight Spiritual Center, a spirit-led, heart-centered, Christ-conscious, loving community. Raise your consciousness at www.heartlightcharlotte.org. Your spiritual guide for Sin to Zen, David Hulse. Throughout his years of spiritual searching, David has challenged many traditional doctrines, theologies, and dogmas. He has inspired numerous individuals toward a journey of self-discovery by sharing his own experiences. As David has traveled through various beliefs about God, he now sees himself as a bridge between the old and the new. His stirring presentations of intuitive wisdom will inspire and challenge you to move from believing in God to the experiential realm of knowing God and manifesting the spiritual aspects of love, peace, and joy in your life. It is my pleasure to introduce David Hulse for an enlightened journey from sin to zen. Hi, welcome to today's podcast. This is David Hulse, and today we're going to uh, tackle a very controversial subject that uh, really I found a lot of people don't write much about or talk about in their writings on Christian doctrine. And that is the subject of hell, the doctrine of hell. For you that are joining us for the first time, this is a podcast reaching out to those who are going through a transition and a healing process from old religious fear-based doctrines and teachings that has had a deep effect upon us, even unconsciously or in the subconscious level, uh, oftentimes we, we don't even know 
Uh, oftentimes we believe that we've changed our, our belief systems mentally, but we have not changed those deep patterns uh, of that first seven years of our life that we were not conscious, but just downloading everything we heard, everything that we saw. And we don't realize today that some of our unhappiness, depression, anxieties, and oftentimes those things that cannot be diagnosed, especially uh, uh, in a chemical way or a specific way, is because of what we have repressed becomes what we are depressed about. So let's talk about this subject of hell today. Hell is based upon fear-based doctrine. Now, Christianity itself wasn't always the Christianity that you see in the world today. There was a pre-time of Christianity known as the Gnostics, for instance, and to those uh, tribes that were pre uh, what we call Nicene. Now, Nicene is a council that took place around uh, 325 and which actually was the organizing of Christianity as we know it today. And it was brought together for the very purpose of becoming a universal doctrine, meaning a very exclusive doctrine of a universal church, a universal belief system, and everything other than that would be wrong. And of course, this has caused a lot of divisions. It's caused a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, a lot of wars are fought and still being fought over these deep religious ideas. Today, we're seeing a time that's been going on for the last couple of decades, uh, actually, that we've seen a shift of people who are outgrowing their religion as far as man-made organized religion and yet studying one to hold on to spiritual principles. And we call that today being spiritual and maybe not so religious. I went through that many years ago. I did not want to give up the idea of, of an intelligence, of a being. I didn't want to give up the fact of something that I could attach myself to that was bigger than myself. And therefore, I followed a more spiritual path and kind of shed the skin of old religion and built a ministry and teaching ministry on that. So let's begin and let's talk about the word hell. The word hell in the Old Testament is always translated from the Hebrew word Sheol. And I have always and continue to tell everybody that these people that you read in the Bible did not live in the West, did not speak English, and did not, did not look like Western European people. They were people of a culture that is not taught in most Christian churches. Jesus was an Eastern. He was near Eastern. He had the Eastern uh, customs. A lot of things that Jesus did in the Bible is very hard to understand from a Western point of view, but very easy if you understand the midrashes of the teachings of the rabbi, of uh, our teacher of the East. So the word hell is a translated English word from words uh, that are from the Hebrew and from the Greek. So hell in the Old Testament is always translated the word Sheol, or a place of the dead, and it is translated Sheol 64 times. It is translated the word hell 32 times and pit three times. Other words in the Hebrews are Hades, Tartarus, and Guiana. These are now words that are in the New Testament Greek and are incorrectly translated hell. The word Tartarus 
T-A-R-T-A-R-U-S, is used only once in the Bible and refers to the deepest abyss of Hades. Of the definition of Tartarus actually would mean the same as Sheol, as in a grave or even a hole in the ground. If you dug a cellar in the ground and maybe you wanted to uh, put your vegetables or potatoes in there to keep them as fresh as long as you could, you could say that you had put them in hell or in a hole or a, a, a place in the ground. So these have totally different meanings than what we basically uh, have been taught. The scripture I'd like to start out with you that I really like is from the Mirror Bible. It's called, it's a, one of my favorite translations of the Bible. As you know, there are many translations of the Bible, which has very, been uh, very strange to me because I was raised on one particular translation called the King James Version of the Bible from around 1611 or so that was considered to be the infallible Word of God. And if you open that first page of that book, it says that this is the King James Version doesn't say this is God's version. It is King James Version. And the King James Version was coming at a time in which there was a big shift from the uh, the power of Rome and the, the papists of, of Rome uh, and from the Pope to the King. And therefore, a, a new church was made. Most of you know that history of Henry VIII, who wanted to uh, remarry and they wouldn't give him a divorce in Rome. Therefore, he started his own church called the Church of England. And therefore, the king took the place of the pope. And that's why we have the king of kings and the lord of lords. These are all very Jacobian, uh, 17th century type English terms that are in that Bible. But what is interesting that even people believe that begin to do the Amplified and the, the, the International, and oh my goodness, there's so many different translations of the King James Bible now. And the reason was because people weren't understanding the King James Bible in its old Jacobian language. And so people had to start translating it because people were not understanding the letter of the, of the Bible. So I want to give you something out of Hebrews 6 and 2 that says all of the teachings of the Old Testament um, which were about ceremonial uh, washings, which would represent baptisms, the laying on of hands, which means in order to identify with the slain animal as sacrifice, and all the teachers pertaining to a sin consciousness, including the final resurrection of the dead, in order to face judgment, are no longer relevant. What that means is that we have uh, laid that foundation in religion, and now it's time for us to go on into uh, an evolved state of consciousness. So that's what we're trying to do on this podcast. We're trying to leave some of these uh, very fundamental doctrines of Christianity and move into the true uh, spiritual path toward enlightenment or awakenment in some some way. So the word hell, uh, the main features of hell, uh, is really conceived by other uh, world religions around the world that also lean toward more this idea of a punishment reward system. And certainly Western religious leaders from Roman times borrowed the doctrines of eternal punishment and torment from non-Christian 
Greek and Roman philosophers. Now, who was very famous and inspired the minds uh, of the people at this time was a modern-day poet of the time, Dante. Dante had the, the greatest influence on the course of civilization regarding hell of any man since his day with his imaginative accounts of dismal hell. So uh, a lot of you who have come from the Catholic Church and from these teachings would know that I'm talking about the different rings of hell. There was, there was a ring for about every so-called sin that one committed. Now, there's nothing in the Bible about that of any translation I know. It is totally a man-made doctrine, such as the Trinity is a man-made doctrine. Original sin is a man-made doctrine, and yet they have been put under the list of inspired by God. I don't know what God they serve, but it is not that which I know within myself, the loving and merciful one. All the modern poets of Dante had this great influence on civilization, regarding hell. Even in a long poem, the phrase is, all hope abandoned, ye who enter here. I was raised in that kind of religion, a very strong literalist uh, religion that taught what we call hell, fire, and brimstone as an eternal punishment for people who did not believe as uh, we believed or believed, uh, people who did not believe the interpretation of the Bible that we did, and therefore they were found out of. But you know, a lot of why I'm where I am today, and the reason I'm talking to you this way, is because of something that I call innate common sense. There were just some things as a young man that I said and listened to in, in, in the church I was raised in that somehow did not resonate with what I was feeling in my heart. They would say things that were uh, very judgmental, things about God being vindictive and all these things, and it just didn't feel right to me, even as a very young man. So I learned very early that I should check in inside. I had to check with my heart and not just take things that were said because the preacher said it or because the church believed it or a certain doctrine uh, promoted it, but I found out that really there was some kind of mechanism deep inside of me that wanted to guide me and lead me, and that it has done for over six decades that I stand before you today. So hell. First little book I ever wrote back in 1980 was called Hell Yes or Hell No, because I needed to know. This was a this is a big question. Uh, where shall you spend eternity? What happens in the afterlife? These are deeply on the minds of people, whether they're conscious or unconscious of it, but we've all been in some way exposed to this idea of the afterlife as a place of torment whatsoever. So let's look a little bit about this word uh, hell. Now, the books that Dante wrote that had the great influence was uh, The Inferno, Dante and his Inferno, and also the Divine Comedy, which deals with all the parts of hell, purgatory, and paradise. So, uh, quoting from the Encyclopedia Americana, it says that all poets of modern times, Dante was perhaps the greatest educator. So he was very popular, had a great influence 
to sway the collective consciousness of his time through his writings. I personally believe in what I have researched and studied about Dante, that he himself was tormented in his own soul. They had a lot of mental and emotional issues that he would put out into his books and art and to show his own inner pain, which today we call hell. Hell was actually what was coming from him and his experience, and therefore the church grabbed upon it. Now, I do not believe that the church started out with this fear-based teaching. I think it only comes into the 4th century. Before then, there was a whole different God, a whole different uh, 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 Christ or Jesus, whatever you want to call it. But all of it was very different from what it became in the sense that man himself began to put this together in a way to uh, hold the, the control and the power over the masses of people. And this is all, this is not new. It's been as long as we know man's been on earth up until even the day that you and I are living in this time, that it's all about the control of the many by the few. And that's why we need to be personally empowered. People say to me all the time right now, I'm a little confused. I don't know what, what to think about the future. I don't know what's going on with politics. I don't know what's going on with religion. I don't know what's going on in education. I'm not sure about the financial future of, of America and of the world. I hear this a lot because people are looking at a blank canvas. I know we want to look into a crystal ball or we want to see this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to be. But now that people are growing up spiritually and taking more responsibility of stepping into the co-creative position to realize that the creator, the intelligence, whatever you choose to call it, actually comes through the thoughts of its creation. The thoughts of the creation becomes the thoughts of the creator. And that's how the Creator is extended out into the world is through our ability to allow it to think in us and through us and as us. Now, we call these thoughts not the thoughts of everyday human thoughts, which are very uh, chemical. They're all brain cell firings of neurons uh, that have been patterned based upon memory and past. So we're constantly living in the past with our brain. We're always a day late and a dollar short, I like to say, because most everything we think now has been thought at another time. And we believe what other people say. I read uh, one time that there was, I think, 78% of people will go through an entire lifetime and think only thoughts that have been thought before. Now, it's important to realize that a lot of ourselves is pure potential. We use so little, so little of our even genetic material we use so little of our mind, of our consciousness. Most of it is just laying there as pure potential, ready to be awakened in us because we're here to expand our consciousness. We're here to evolve ourselves. That is the whole purpose that you are alive and have incarnated on this planet is that you can have thoughts that others have not ever thought.
This is why I promote entrepreneurship. I think it's so important that you realize that every one of you holds a plan or purpose for why that you are here. And I almost could say that could be a definition of hell itself. Hell is not being aligned with that. When you are not aligned with the reason that you are here and that you incarnated, if you're not fulfilling that purpose and walking that path, then everything feels off to you. And it's in that place of being off and not aligned that the ego mind sets up its world, a world of separation, a world of frustration, a world of anxiety, a world of confusion, don't know what to do, not sure what decisions to make. And that has suppressed the most important thing in us, which is our innate intelligence system. And that is when we learn to be guided and to be led. And when, when that happens, you can maybe experience a little heaven here on earth, which is total alignment between the inner and the outer, between the human and the divine, the spirit and the flesh. All of these things coming together will give us a great uh, atonement and alignment with ourselves that will almost, not almost, but will make us feel whole. And it's all about being whole, holy here, holy there, in, in, in your purpose and whatever is happening in that way. So hell, we borrowed it from the, the, uh, the, the philosophers, also from uh, Virgil. These were tremendous writers. They were talented, no doubt about it, and had such a great influence up on the people of their their time. If you ever ask yourself the question, will those in hell ever leave to be resurrected or will they be confined equally to hell and be unable to take part in any further resurrection? We have been taught that when a person dies, they go immediately into hell, time without end. What does the scripture say about this? So I'm going to read John 5. And 27 and 29. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that hear in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. What a terrible translation is the word damnation. Please note the word damnation used in this scripture is a word in the Greek that means condemnation. Now, condemnation and damnation is a, a different thing. Damnation is like a punishment. Condem condemnation is a system in oneself that they innately know they're not going toward a direction that's in alignment for their life. And then we feel that little niche of being condemned, not damned. And that, that's a signal that says rethink, meditate, contemplate, get in touch with your higher self because you're a little off the path that you came uh, to be on. There are actually two paths that are mentioned in the Bible. There's a path that seemeth right, but the end is death. Then there's a path of the just that shines brighter and brighter to a full and perfect day. And which path are you on today? Are you on the path of, of, of enlightenment, of learning, of growing, maturing your mind and your consciousness to understand the great questions of the universe, such as why are we here? What are we here for? And what are we going to do to co-create our destiny 
through the power of the divine that has been given to us. So a lot of these words have to be totally looked at differently. Jesus mentioned hell once when he talked about how hell was uh, a place where the worm dieth not. That's strange, whatever that means, the worm dieth not. And uh, he was referring, referring to uh, a, a place called Guiana. Guiana. And Guiana is a word that was being used for outside the gates of Jerusalem was this uh, garbage heap that was uh, kept burning all the time for all the refuse of the, of the city. Now, oftentimes there would be criminals that nobody claimed them. They didn't know any identity. And after a while, they would throw them into the fires of Guiana. This is all Jesus was talking about. He wasn't talking about an eternal place of punishment, but he actually was talking about this garbage heap. So a lot of this stuff is very natural stuff. It's not even uh, spiritual in that way. One of my very favorites of all is in Psalms 139 and 8. And David is saying here, if I send up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Wherever the presence of the divine is could not be hell. Hell would be no longer where the presence of the divine is. So what this is saying, wherever I go, whatever I do, I am. I am. I don't care where I go. The I am of my being is always I am. So this is important to understand that if hell, in this context we're talking about, is more uh, uh, something that we make for ourselves, it is something based upon our choices and, and what we choose that can cause hell. Trust me, the people, uh, as I'm speaking right now, that just went through the horrible hurricane in Florida and other places uh, that are crying out. They have no food. They have no, no house. They have no job. They have no, no, no anything. And they're crying out. Try to tell them that hell is in an afterlife thing. People all over this world are going through hells that we have made for ourselves. And the thing is, we can escape out of hell. Finally, Pope John Paul actually said this, hell is the pain, frustration, and emptiness of life without God. Hell is the pain and frustration and emptiness of life without God. So I think it's important to understand that whatever you choose to call the divine or the sacred in yourself, uh, God is a, a word that is used by most uh, Christian religions especially, and other religions of the world too, uh, is pertaining to a presence that is within all of us, not to some old man in the sky, the anthropomorphic person who looks like us, but it is the presence that dwells within in each one of us. Neil Donald Walsh, in his book, Conversations of God, said, Hell is the opposite of joy. It is unfulfillment, unenlightenment. It is knowing, knowing who and what you are and failing to experience that. Once you know who you are and you don't experience that in your life, you will bring in a lot of pain and hurt, which we could translate hell.
fire is always connected to hell. I was taught that that is the Satan's domain is in fire. But let me give you a few scriptures that tells you that it's very different. Hebrews 12, 29, for our God is a consuming fire. Seeing God as a fire, why? Because what we give to God is burned up into God. It is, it is, it is completely purified. If there's impurities in something like a diamond when it's found in the rough, they put it in the fire. If they put gold, gold doesn't come out shiny like it is, but it's because it's been through and refined through the fire. And we are going through fire on this planet right now in many ways because I think it's trying to burn out the dross in ourselves. The doubt, the fears, the unbelief, uh, prejudice, hatred, all these uh, lower human attributes that has uh, ended up in, in the world that we live in today. Uh, I think there's a sacredness to the fire. Also, not only is God fire, but Hebrews 1 and 7 says he makes his angels winds, and his ministers a flame of fire. So maybe it's time for us to get a little fired up here and get some of that burned out. All right? This has been uh, a subject that I just want to introduce to you. Uh, I encourage anything that is mentioned on this podcast that interests you, that you take the responsibility to do the research for yourself. All of this is online you can really research it for yourself. And because if you've been taught a certain way by religion or society that you find out is not true for you, all you have to do is bring a correction to it and replace that belief with a new belief. And when you do that, you change the whole vibration and frequency of the process of cellular development. Did you know that? That cells read the blueprint of our belief systems and they are made from that blueprint. If that blueprint is inferior, if that blueprint holds a, a lot of things that are not uh, correct in the alignment of our highest and best good and intelligence, then it's going to cause us to live uh, an unbalanced life. And right now we certainly need a balanced life. So I want to thank all of you. Uh, I hope that you will think and contemplate upon these things that I've mentioned. And I hope that if that is something in you that is blocking you and keeping you from your highest and best, that today through the power of the inner teacher, whatever you choose to call it, that it will bring the corrections that need to be corrected, that you become a free spiritual channel for light to flow through you and through your heart and out into the world itself. So next time... Uh, I wish you the very best and highest.